Hey guys, my name is Nikki Renfro. I'm a recently retired state trooper, and I decided to start a podcast, Safe Nation Podcast. We're covering safety, security, and law enforcement because the truth of the matter is crime is not always clean. It's a dirty job. Sometimes you got to get your hands dirty in order to get those criminals off the streets. And that's just the real reality of it. That's the cold, hard truth for the everyday citizen who wants tips on how to be safe uh, as they travel back and forth every day, school, work, home, and worship, and also for the law enforcement professional to hear industry tips and what's happening on a day-to-day to assist them in their professional lives. Hey, everybody, and thank you for joining me on this episode of Safe Nation Podcast. I'm super excited about today's guest. Her name is Alex Adi. She is such a phenomenal woman. She is the current president, national president of Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Welcome, Alex, to Safe Nation. Thank you so much for having me. Um, So your current position with Mothers Against Drunk Driving as national president, how did you come into that role and tell us about your involvement with Mothers Against Drunk Driving? So I will say kind of as an accident, um, most national presidents prior to me had been mothers who lost children who were much older than me um, and had lost someone rather than been critically injured. And so from that aspect, I didn't really think that the national president was a role that fit me. And so I was working for another nonprofit doing research federally funded by the U.S. Coast Guard on drawing a parallel between voting under the influence and driving under the influence. I continued to volunteer for MAD and the board reached out to me and, and asked if I was willing to put in for this position. And I called my then manager, who is one of my best friends, and said, I want you to know that I'm putting in for this, but they don't want me. I'm not going to get it. So don't worry about it. And, and here we are. So a little bit of an accident, but here we are. So your current term, it ends at the end of 2022. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. You served a, uh, what is it, a two-year term? Okay. Now, you said I think you're the perfect candidate for for president. That's just me because you have such a compelling story. Tell our listeners exactly what your experience was because you had a direct effect from a uh, impaired driver. Actually, it was a it was a boater, correct? Yes, I came to Matt a little over 12 years ago for the same reason a lot of people do. The drunk driver who ran me over just happened to be driving a boat instead of a car. I was sitting still on a jet ski behind my dad's house on a lake here in Kentucky. My dad lives on a lake. I had been on the water for years, had my boating license for years. It was nothing out of the ordinary. I was sitting on the jet ski about 40 yards across the narrow lake from my mom and brother, waiting for them to dock our boat so that I could dock the jet ski and we could go up to the house for the evening. There was a 17-foot bass boat coming under a nearby bridge. I don't remember, but evidently I gave my mom a thumbs up to let her know I saw him and I wasn't going to move. When you get your boating license, they teach you that if a boat's coming towards you, don't try and anticipate where they're going to go. Just stay where you are and wait for them to pass. I was very near one side of the lake and there are steep rock embankments on either side, so I stayed still and, and waited for him to continue down the middle. He was headed towards my mom and my brother. My mom screamed. He banked to the left and never straightened up. The boat hit me from the side going over 60 miles per hour, threw me off the jet ski. I landed face down in the water. The boat went up over the jet ski and came down on top of my body. 
So I sustained severe, life-threatening and lifelong injuries from head to toe, including a traumatic brain injury classified as shaken baby syndrome. My brain shook inside my head and started bleeding in four places and they couldn't make it stop. I shattered my jaw, so my face is entirely metal from here to here. I have three plates and 12 screws in my face. Broke my neck, broke my collarbone, lacerated my liver, shattered both of my femurs because when I was thrown off the jet ski, I was holding on so tightly with my legs, presumably because I was scared, I don't remember, that when I was thrown off, I took the handlebars with me. If you spend any time around a jet ski, you know it's all one piece and isn't supposed to come apart. So they were unable to put my femurs back together and I now have metal rods in place of bone in both my thighs. When the boat landed on top of me, the propeller landed on both of my legs. My left leg was under the water just enough that it only required stitches and my right leg was completely severed by the propeller. I was airlifted to the hospital and my parents were told to say goodbye before the helicopter left. I spent a week in a coma, several weeks in the ICU, six weeks in a neck brace and three months in a wheelchair and to no fault of my own this was my new life oh gosh i i i can't even imagine what that did for you not just physically but mentally emotionally because how old were you at the time i was 13 so middle school is hard enough just imagine the summer between seventh and eighth grade you lose your leg and break your whole body that, that was not the middle, middle school experience that I think anyone needs. I know. Um, so was there anyone else injured during this uh, incident? No. So I was the only one on the on the jet ski. Um, in the boat that ran me over, there were two drunk men and an eight-year-old boy. The boat hit me so hard that it sunk, but none of them were injured. Imagine that. They were not injured at all. This is terrible. None of them wore life jackets. I was the only one in, in the situation with a life jacket. So the eight-year-old is, is very blessed that he was he was okay um, because they didn't have any life jackets on the boat or, or anything. But I was the only person injured. So, gosh, there's so many questions around all of that. So your, your parents, I, I can't even imagine what they were thinking, what they were feeling at the time. For a parent to have to go through that, talk us through how your mom has probably, I'm sure, a million times described what was going through her head and what her emotions were at the time. So my mom and my brother watched the crash happen and my dad heard it from his garage. My parents have been divorced since I was a baby and were never in the same place at the same time, but for some reason this day they were. My mom was a former trauma nurse and my dad was a former water rescue Marine. So they were actually the ones to get me out of the water. Um, so they, my mom describes it that she went into to nurse mode and just detached and did what had to be done. But there are so many things that she describes when she grabbed my face to try and open my airway. My jaw just crumbled in her hands. And my brother was seven, and, and for some reason he knew and, and thought to turn the boat off because he was alone in the boat and it was floating down the lake. A neighbor came and got him. There's just so many things that should not have happened the way they did, but it was so incredible. And my parents were told to say goodbye before I was loaded in the helicopter. Neither of my parents had ever seen anyone as badly injured as me survive, despite their time in nursing and in the Marine Corps. And so they, were convinced that I was not going to survive the helicopter ride to the hospital. 
So I know that that was a very hard time. I was in a coma on my own for four days and they medically induced it for the remainder of a week. But they didn't know if I had water in my lungs, my brain activity, things like that. Oh gosh. Now, what happened with the driver? Did, did, has there ever been any contact between, any conversation or contact between, between the two of you? So he was nearly three times legal limit, two and a half hours later. This was his fourth DUI. He was charged $250 and sent home with the opportunity to reoffend, which I'm told he's done several times since then. I have not had a conversation with him. The only time I met him is I or didn't even really interact with him, is but I went to his arraignment and he said, I'm not guilty. It's not my fault. She shouldn't have been on the water. Are you kidding me? I mean, we no. who would expect that reaction? There, so there was no remorse whatsoever. No. And the passenger in the boat was also intoxicated, but not too intoxicated to not know what had just happened. And so he had tried to run away. He climbed up the rocks and tried to run into the trees to get away um, and ended up needing to go to the hospital because he fell when he ran and, and broke a rib, I think. And he called the hospital to ask if I was alive and said that they don't want to go to the same hospital as the girl that they murdered. So he ended up going to a different hospital in Lexington, where I live now, happened to be the hospital my mom had worked at for 30 years. So There's just too much going on in this story. I'm telling you, you, you could not write uh, a, a better and more thrilling novel, but unfortunately it's a true story and it actually is it's your life. It's your life, really. And so you were 13 years old when this happened. And then now, and how many years ago was that? It was 12 years in July. I'm 25 now. Okay. And so you are the youngest president to ever hold the office with Matt, correct? By quite a bit. Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, okay. So whew, I'm still trying to unpack everything you just mentioned. So tell me what's going on with Matt right now. What have you been able to accomplish that you're most proud of during these two years? So there are two things. So we have had a lot going on in terms of legislation. We had a group that we referred to as our war room, which was 70 plus victims and volunteers who got together every week to to fight for this legislation last year that ended up being passed and signed by the president on November 15th. That will put drunk driving prevention technology as standard equipment in all new vehicles by model year 2027. So that is something that we are so grateful for and excited for. We have effectively changed the way that cars are made. And we know that this will get us closer than we've ever been before to truly seeing an end to drunk driving. So that is huge. But on a personal note, Mad, prior to, to my being in this position, Mad knew that boating under the influence was a problem, but we didn't talk about it. By and large, victims of boating under the influence weren't supported by Mad Victim Services because they just didn't get in touch. It, you know, it was a very sad situation. And from my perspective, boating under the influence is driving under the influence. The decision you make is the same, just different mode of transportation. So for the first time, MAD launched our National Boating Under the Influence Awareness and Enforcement Campaign Memorial Day of 2022. So personally, that is that is it for me. Congratulations on that. So you've, you've managed you. to push a lot of initiatives and some important ones at that. 
Uh, it sounds like you have a lot of support from the people over at MAD. Uh, they do great work over there. So when you're done with your tenure, are you going to still be connected with the organization? I'll still be around. We'll, we'll see. You know, it's kind of funny that we joke that when most national presidents retire from MAD, they retire. When I retire, I will be 26. So <laughs> they had to figure out something to do with me. You are so definitely goals. I'm telling you, you're, you're goals <laughs> for everybody. I don't know what I was doing at 26, but it wasn't running a national organization. That's for sure. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. So tell me about, so you're on a personal note, your husband, he's in law enforcement. Is that correct? He is. Yes. Okay. He's a special victims detective here in Kentucky. Imagine that. Uh, so he's a, he's a detective that deals with victims as well. Yes. And I, he knows I say this. I say he is a better detective because he's married to a victim. There you go. He understands the perspective, I think a lot better than most. So I take a little bit of credit for, for that. <laughs> just, just a little bit, just a little bit. So tell me how can now you Matt works directly with they have this arm that works directly with law enforcement to make sure that yes. law enforcement officers are educated correct and so that they are um, aware of what those statistics are surrounding impaired driving so there's a, a great relationship there but is there anything different or better that law enforcement officers need to do regarding those initiatives what what else can they do i think something that's so important is we know that law enforcement is our first line of defense against drunk driving we talk a lot we have great relationships with law enforcement we support law enforcement and, and award them at every year for for dui awards at our law enforcement recognition events one thing that i see a lot in that i'm married into law enforcement and i, I just interact with a lot of law enforcement every day is that it's easy to get numb. And I think that's true in, in within MAD too. You see so much tragedy all the time and, and you have to be able to turn it off a little bit in order to survive. But at the same time, I think it's really important for all of us, especially members of law enforcement who are seeing it all the time, to remember that each number, each crash statistic, is a person with a story and a life and a future and hopes for tomorrow that they may not get to live through because of this one action of, of themselves or someone else. So I think it's really important for law enforcement to, as much as they can and still respecting their mental health, to realize that these are, are people and these are people's lives every single day, that they may be working a crash and not fully understand the magnitude that that these are people. But I also think it's important for law enforcement to remember that you see victims of drunk driving and other violent crime on the absolute worst days of their lives, and you don't get to see what happens after. I'm what happens after. Wow. that That's so compelling. Uh, and you're right. Um, it can be a numbing it's a, it's a way to cope. I, I would argue that it's a way, it's a coping mechanism sometimes. As a, having been a law enforcement officer, um, you have to sort of compartmentalize a great deal in doing the job because you see so much every day. Most people don't get to see that much tragedy, trauma every single day. So you have to file it back sometimes. And to your point, 
it can have the numbing effect because sometimes that's the only way you can kind of get up the next day and keep doing the job, um, honestly. So yeah, absolutely. And then, so that's for law enforcement officers, but then just the general public, what what is it that MAD wants the general public to know and maybe do to help? What I want people to understand is that we all have a responsibility to stop this. You don't have to be, we talk a lot about law enforcement and the laws that we've passed and victims sharing their story. You don't have to be a police officer or a legislator or someone with a personal story to care. And we all have a responsibility to make the right choice and ensure that those around us are too. Right, excellent. So how, how do we get in touch with MAD? Where can we find out more information? What events are going on? Give us the scoop, give us the tea. So I encourage you to reach out to your local MAD office. Most states have a local MAD chapter that has different programs and walks and victim services going on throughout the year. Otherwise, you can just go to MAD.org. And if you want to reach out to me at MAD National President Alex Audi on Facebook, there are so many things that you can get involved in. And I would love to get you connected. If you don't have a local chapter, you can absolutely reach out to the national office and see other ways you can get involved there. Okay. Well, Alex, thank you so much for, for stopping by and sharing the information. I wish you all the best. You are the definition of what it looks like to push through to push through a painful situation, but come out on the other end with a whole lot of purpose. So I just wish you the very best. Thank you so much. And I, I just want to say, because I know much of this audience is law enforcement, you can never imagine the lives that people will lead because you were there but I can. So please continue to show up, continue to know that, that we're here to support you and thank you for everything you do. Oh, thank you for that. I appreciate it and we appreciate that. Have a good day. Thank you. you. Thank you. Alex Adi being an advocate for impaired driving and trying to be that voice as much as she possibly can because she's lived that life. She is the absolute perfect person to speak on this platform about the effects of impaired driving. Nothing really happens by accident in life. Nothing really happens by accident. That incident could have been avoided. The trajectory of her life has been compelled and pushed in a certain direction because of this. Who would have thought that she would have married a law enforcement officer, someone who that now she can influence and impact just with her story alone, I would imagine that he's probably an even more compassionate person now to get the job done in the field of law enforcement. With her mom having a medical background, with her dad having a water rescue background, these things don't just happen by accident. Why did it have to happen to her? I'm not sure. I'm not really sure, but guess what? She took it and she made something out of it. She turned her pain into purpose. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Safe Nation, Safety, Security, and Law Enforcement. See you guys next time. Be safe, y'all.